Today, we have Andrew Mang, a dropshipping guru and a content creator who loves to talk about his journey. So welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you for having me. Of course. And, you know, we just want to say thank you for being here. And we just want to get straight into it. So we want to take it back to the beginning where before your entrepreneurship journey and your dropshipping journey began, where, what was the point when you realized that you were really interested in business and finance and going to that general direction? Yeah, so I think the story takes me all the way back to my early college days. So just a little background about myself. Um, I went to the University of California, San Diego in, on the West Coast. And I was a electrical engineering major. I studied double E, um, you know, just because it's my family background, my family's, I come from family engineers. And even though I majored in engineering, I always had this interest in the business world, um, but I wasn't too sure what that all meant, right? I had friends that were doing business, um, but aside from that, I never really had any exposure to the business world. So I think right, ever since my, I was a freshman in college, even though I was taking engineering classes, I was doing engineering projects, I always had this like interest for pursuing something more business related. And in particular, the realm of investment banking actually really stood out to me. But I knew like absolutely nothing about it when I was a freshman. So I went through the motions of just doing engineering internships throughout my sophomore, junior year. And at one certain point, it kind of just clicked with me that I didn't want to do technical work in the long run. You know, like tech is cool. I don't think anyone can say tech isn't cool. Google, Uber, Facebook, you know, all these great tech companies doing crazy things. But when, you, when I was doing like the very nitty gritty technical work, like actually pulling out my circuit board and plugging things in on like a Friday night, I never did on Friday night, by the way, but it was never something that I saw myself doing in the long run. So it was really around my, I want to say my, I tell people it was my junior year, but technically it was my, when I was an incoming senior in college, because I was actually taking a fifth year. So I just kind of say it was my junior. So it's like, it's, it's like the confusion. But around that point, I was doing a engineering internships, right? I was doing entry internship at a defense company. And defense companies are notoriously, notoriously known for just being very slow paced and kind of like, I guess, old. Um, and I was like, just bored off my mind internship. I was so bored. I was doing this very menial engineering task. And I just thought to myself, look, I really want to try something else. Um, so what's something that's always been at the back of my mind that I should go pursue right now? And for me, that was investment banking. And I just want to give a little background. This college I went to at University of California, San Diego, it's by no means a target school for investment banking. We place maybe five, six kids a year, every year into IB. Um, and even that, I think it's a stretch. Um, nowadays, it's a lot better since I have left. Like we have been developing our business program at our school and just a lot of people have been getting into investment banking. But when I was there, it was pretty much almost non-existent. We had a few business clubs, but in that, not many people talk about investment banking. So I, know much, I didn't know much about the career path. I knew like one guy that was kind of going to iBank at that point. And I decided to hit him up uh, that summer when I was doing my engineering internship. I was like, hey, um, so I want to really learn about this investment banking thing. Sounds very fascinating. And I'm like, what can you tell me about it? So he kind of told me about the career path. It's like, yeah, you know, you work on these corporate transactions for these companies, right? You help them do merger and acquisitions, which is basically just a fancy word for saying when a company buys another company. Uh, you work on IPOs. I think everyone knows that is, you know, like when they list on the stock market. I was like, wow, this sounds very cool. I want to go, you know, work with these corporations. And, you know, I come from an engineering background, so I can work with tech companies because, you know, ideally I understand these tech firms very well. So I can sell myself as that very technical background person. 
So it was really in the junior year of that summer that I decided that, hey, I'm, I want to pursue this investment banking path. And, you know, it was, it was a tough journey. It was a tough journey. I'm happy to go more into it in a bit. But basically, I had to, you know, learn everything from scratch without knowing any of my finance, the industry, any about networking. I had to cold call or I guess cold email to hop on cold calls with as many bankers as I could to just basically sell my background without having any prior experience or knowledge within the world of finance and like learn all the technical aspects um, just through like, you know, using online study guides that you're able to purchase from like these different, I guess, like banking courses and whatnot. And, you know, lo and behold, I, I was able to eventually break into the industry. I, I did a summer analyst internship at a bank called Piper Jaffrey. Um, now it's rebranded re as Piper Sandler. And then eventually I went to full-time at uh, Wells Fargo in San Francisco. So you certainly have like a roller coaster background with uh, IB and your engineering stuff. So for those who don't know, can you tell us, can you give us a, like a brief summary on what exactly investment banking is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So investment banking, in a nutshell, you're just advisors. I, I know like many people, you've probably seen the, like the Wolf of Wall Street or you've watched the movie The Big Short and you're thinking like these bankers are doing these crazy financial things like trading the stock market, raking the market, you know, Wall Street, right? Everyone thinks about in that terms. But investment banking really isn't much like that. It's really just you're a financial advisor to companies, to corporations. Just like when you walk into like a Bank of America, a Chase Bank, a Wells Fargo, you have those bank tellers that'll basically help you open credit cards and like help you like, you know, I guess manage your retirement funds if you ask them to. Investment bankers are the exact same thing, but on the corporation level. So we're financial advisors to corporations. So a lot of times um, our managers, we call them managing directors, they will have clients and these clients are the CEOs of these companies. In my case, are these tech companies. Um, and we will basically have meetings with them. And these meetings will entail of what we can do for corporations in terms of like, hey, are you looking to divest this asset? Are you looking to purchase our companies? Do you want to sell your company? Do you want to issue more shares on the stock market? You know, and these will, will be called pitches. So as a investment banking analyst, a lot of times I'm working on the back end of the Excel PowerPoints to basically construct these pitch decks. And what goes into the pitch deck can just be like market information, different types of like financial data analysis that we'll send over to clients to be like, Here's what hard financial looks like. Here's the financial of our companies. Here's the financial of the market. This is what the landscape looks like. Do you want to do these type of transactions with us? If you do, let us know. We'll do it. All right. So that's the that's the gist of investment banking. You're constantly pitching the clients about different type of transactions that they can be doing. And if they agree to it, you do, you go into what is called a life deal, and then then you're just going through the process of working on a transaction, which is I guess like what everyone joins investment banking to do, right? You want to work on these MA transactions. You want to work on these IPOs and such of that sort. So you mentioned that you were investment banking analyst. So are there different careers within the field of investment banking or is it just mainly investment banking analysts? Yeah, so within, I guess, the investment banking umbrella, there are actually uh, different fields you can go into, right? So within investment banking, there's investment banking, which basically just means you work with corporations on advising immersion acquisitions, IPOs, or debt financing. Um, there's another one called sales and trading. So these are when you pitch your clients to help them execute their trade transactions. So say your corporations, you want to manage, uh, you want to basically help like 
hedge your interest rate fluctuations on you know certain like stocks or bonds that you're holding you can basically talk to investment banks that'll help you execute these transactions to hedge your risk so that's in the sales and trading arm that has more to do with like i mean it can, it can have a lot to do with like equities but a lot of times it has to do with a lot more like interest rates treasury bonds and such of that other financial terms that I just threw at you um but that's more on the trading side. In another world of investment banking is actually called corporate banking. Uh, and these really only exist with like bigger banks. And corporate bankers usually just specialize. They work with hand-in-hand with investment bankers a lot, but usually they specialize more in the debt side of things, right? Um, so like, let's say a company wants to issue debt for a transaction. Usually corporate bankers are very heavily involved in that. So I like to break down the investment banking, I guess, umbrella into three different fields. One's investment banking, which is like your the forefront client facing industry of helping to advise on merchant acquisitions. You have corporate banking, which you're more managing on the debt structure, debt side of things. You still work a lot of investment bankers because a lot of times these transactions are intertwined one another. And then you have the third field, which is sales and trading, in which you're basically helping your clients, you know, execute transactions and trade transactions that they want to do. I think that's all. I think I don't think I'm missing anything there. <laughs> no, I think you give a really good rundown of like investment banking because a lot of you know, especially me and Erna, and probably a lot of other high schoolers, college students out there, they don't really know what investment banking is. They just think it's a lucrative field. There's a lot of options because it's business and finance, but they don't know what it is. And one thing that really struck out to me when you were explaining what investment banking is, is the concept that you have to manage a lot of companies. You have to manage on the CEO level and you're kind of, you kind of have all the risk into your hands where you have to manage big situations. And I think that's where a lot of the conceptions of investment banking can be really tough and you have to work a lot of hours. I think that's where it comes in because you're managing big CEOs and big companies. So Mm -hmm. One thing I wanted to talk about, which you mentioned previously, was your journey to get there. So if you were to explain, you can explain your journey, but also generally, how would someone get into investment banking? Yeah, so I got to start with my journey. Like, um, so I make TikTok videos about like how to get into investment banking. And one of the reasons why I'm very passionate about this I think that's two ended, right? Number one, like I'm very passionate about helping people achieve their goals in their life, right? Whereas this career, personal goals, that's something I'm very passionate about. And obviously investment banking is something that a lot of, you know, high schoolers or college students, it's a, it's a very lucrative field that people want to get into, right? It's great career mobility, great exit options. And, you know, for lack of a better word, it pays well, right? Let's, let's be honest for a second. Like a lot of people go into investment banking, they say they love finance, all things. Let's be honest, like the, the pay, helps drag people into the industry as well. It's something that sold me on it. It's something that sells a lot of people on it regardless of what they tell you. Um, but I mean, that's not, that, that can't be everything. I can talk about why I think no one can stay investing banking for the money, but then <laughs> we get into that in a second. But basically this is why, you know, I started making TikTok video about this because I was a person that basically was able to get into the industry with zero background, zero knowledge, but just, I guess, like sure hard work, networking, and a lot of luck that let me let that happen. And it really just all came down to a numbers game is what I learned about it. And as, as cliche as that sounds, I think life is just a numbers game. And, you know, let me just dive a little more deep into it. So I was a incoming senior at this point in college. And again, I was taking fifth year. So this basically meant that I was able to do one more internship for my next summer before you know i graduate and then have to go into like the real world and stuff 
So I thought to myself, I was like, look, I can spend this last summer either recruiting for engineering jobs, you know, maybe a, a position at a fame company, or I can try to try something else that I've never done before, right? Try to explore this business realm. Um, even though like I know nothing about it, now my peers knew much about it and my school was in target school for it. But I was just like, you know what? I'm spending too much time thinking about this. I don't want to constantly wonder what would have happened if I tried it. So I was like, I might as well try it. This doesn't work. Fine. I'll just go to engineering and it will figure out from there. But if it works out, that'll be great. So basically I spent, it was, it was like July of 2017 at this time. And I spent essentially the entire summer after my internship ended, just sitting in my room, you know, self-studying the technicals and basically just going on LinkedIn, searching up investment bankers and trying to reach out to as many people as I could, send them code emails, just hopping on a phone call with them, saying like, hey, my name's Andrew, I'm trying to get into investment banking, I have a background in engineering, nothing to do with finance, but look, I, this, this is a career I'm interested in, can you teach me about it? And is there any way I can get an interview at your firm? And I'm gonna be honest with you, like in the beginning, it was extremely tough. Like no one wanted to talk to me, no one wanted to refer me, no one wanted to really, um, just like kind of take a look at me because look, who was I, right? I, I was some kid from uh, some non-target school claiming he wants to do investment banking, probably because he watched the Wolf of Wall Street, which is kind of true, not going to lie. But I know that's what, that's the what I said, right? I talk about my passionate industry and whatnot. Um, so it was extremely tough. So it, it was a very really process of finding a way to basically sell my story of why I want to do investment banking. And that's something that I really emphasize to people that I talk to that want to get in industry is have a good story of why to get, get into investment banking. Because the honest truth is that the job doesn't require you to have some extensive knowledge of the business world or the finance world at all. The job is a job. You own a job, you have a manager, you're following procedures, you're getting tasks done. Yes. Do you need to know how to, you know, build financial models? Yes. Do you need to know what EBITDA means? Yes. Do you need to know what discount cash flow is? 100%. But you can learn all those things, right? There are study guys out there that teach you these things. So in a sense, what's really, really differentiating different investment banking candidates is number one, your story. And number two, obviously your school and your background helps too. But I think the story is actually the most important part. And th this is just my own bias because I feel like this is why I was able to get in the industry because I sold a very good story of why I want to work in investment banking. And, you know, story, you know, a, a lot of it has to come with, like your personality as well, how you sell it, how you talk about it, that also like factors into it. But having a good story is so important because having a good story makes you connect with your interviewer. It makes them understand your background and why you want to do this. So I, I think that's probably like the first part that I'll really emphasize if you want to get into investment banking, have a good story of why you want to do it. Don't just talk about how you trade on Robinhood, you bought some AMC, you bought some GameStop, and then now it's like you made like hundred bucks and now you want to do investment banking. Don't say that, don't say that. Talk about some personal story about how like you were introduced to investment banking world and how that really fascinated your interest in the industry. And now like that's your career goal, which is like, let's be honest, like you're, you're like 21 years old, you don't know what you want to do in your life, but you're going to tell that anyways, right? Um, so yeah, it basically it was a process. So, you know, back to my story, it was just three months of just grinding, studying the technicals, like 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. every single day. Um, you know, like I, I say that, but I'll, let's be honest, like some weeks I'm not that productive. I, I always like try to get a realistic aspect of like what it looked like. Like, yeah, I'm grinding 9 a.m. to 2 a.m., but some days I'm not that productive. Maybe some days I go to bed at 10 p.m. or something. But in general, it was just every single day, you know, I was, I'm from my computer, either reaching out to people, speaking on phone calls, 
going to info sessions at a different school because my school didn't have recruitment. So I literally went to different universities info session to basically crash them and talk to bankers there because they're recruiting at USC, but not UCSD. Um, and, you know, it's after three months, I literally had like no interviews at, at a certain point. Like no one wanted to talk to me, no one wanted to speak to me. And this is when I decided that something had to change. Like, look, if, if I haven't got interviewed by October, I wasn't getting a job investment banking. I kind of knew that. I was like, there's no way at this point, all the banks are filling up the summer analyst positions. If I don't get an interview within the next two, three weeks, I'm not getting investment banking. It, it was that simple. So at that point, I actually had a guy that was mentoring me to get into investment banking. Um, he was just a guy that worked in industry. And he told me that I was making a mistake in my approach to reaching out to bankers. And this is kind of the second thing that I want to I touch base on is talk to analysts and associates. So basically analysts and associates are the more the junior bankers at these firms. But after you have spoken to enough analysts and associates and none they're really like pushing you along to get the interview, you really want to start reaching out to senior management, start reaching out to BPs, start reaching out to MDs, start reaching out to like people high up the, the social ladder in investment banking, because they are the ones that have the real hiring power. If they say, I want to give Andrew an interview, then there's a very good chance like I was getting an interview. And that's what happened. I began to reach out to only VPs and MDs, was lucky enough to get like two of them to reply to me, hop on the phone with one of them. And it was, a, it was a super random. It was a VP. He lived in like Minneapolis, Minnesota. I think he grew up in like South Dakota. I'm some Asian kid from LA. Me and this guy have nothing in common, nothing in common at all. The only similarity we had was we, I was an intern at a company that he used to do business development at. And that's what I sold myself on. I got on the phone with him. I, I told him my story. I was like, we used to work at the same company. So we chatted about that a little bit. And he, he liked what he saw. And he was like, yeah, let me push you through for an interview. And it was very surprising to me. And this is, this is like another thing I want to touch base on too, is that you never know, two things. You never know what in your background is going to come in handy down the line. And you never know who's going to want to help you, right? It's, it's one of those things where people ask me, like, who do I reach out to invest in banking? Should I reach out to alumni? Should I reach out to like people in the city? Uh, people with similar backgrounds to me? Yes, do that. But at the same time, I'm telling you, you don't know. You really don't know. You think someone that's going to help you the most, they, they end up like just blowing you off. So I was able to get an interview from a very random person uh, a VP in a Minneapolis office for Piper Jaffrey. And he referred me to the San Francisco location for an internship. I went into the interview. It was a super day, uh, investment banking. We call these things super days. It's basically just a final round interview in which you're basically interviewing for like four or five hours from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Very grueling interview. I think it's completely pointless. I don't think it needs to be that long, but that's just how the industry is, how it functions. Um, so I went to my super day interview. It was literally the only one that I ever got. It was the only one I ever had. And I was, I was lucky enough to get the offer from just that one final round interview. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, if I didn't get that offer from one final round interview, I don't think I would have been investment banking today because that was their last internship position that they had. And I knew at that point it was October. And if you know any about investment bank recruitment, that's very late in the cycle. Like as crazy as it sounds, like in October, if you don't get an offer yet, it's very hard to find another one. 
So it was clearly like a long and grueling process for you to get that investment banking job. But what can you tell us about what life was like when you were working at your investment banking company? Yeah. So my internship was honestly pretty amazing. I was an intern. I worked there for 10 weeks. You know, I was working on life transaction for a life M&A deal for a fitness company. I had a great team. I really enjoyed working my associate, um, associate just a guy that's one a little above me. And over had great had great internship experience because I think as an intern, you know, you do it for 10 weeks, you're working like 89 hours a week, but it's fun, right? It's fun. You're like, I'm a banker. I'm doing this for 89 hours a week. You know, the work doesn't really feel that much yet. And also it's, it's, it's temporary, right? You go back to school afterwards, you talk about your summer experience, you know, you're in the city, you're making good money, you're hanging out with friends on the weekends. Um, but when full-time came along, different story, completely different story. I'll tell you that. Um, first of all, I switched to a different bank because um, I just want to lateral to a larger platform, just get like a more broad, um, over-encompassing uh, experience at Wells Fargo. And I want to preface this right now because I don't know if any of my former coworkers are going to watch this, but what I say right now has nothing to do with Wells Fargo. This is the investment banking industry as a whole. Like what I'm about to say right now, like you ask anyone any investment bank, they'll tell you the exact same thing. I guess I hope they will. So none of this is targeted at my previous firm. Um, so, you know, this is just, it's just my experience of talking to my other peers at different banks and they all have said the same thing. But basically, when you're a full-time employee, number one, you're still working like, let's say 60 hours, you know, slow weeks are mainly working 60 hours. And then on the tough weeks, you're working for 90 to hundred hours a week. And the hours are actually okay. I'm gonna be honest with you. The hours are actually okay. Cause to be honest, we're, we're in our young twenties. Like if you work 90 hours a week, you're probably, that, that comes down to like you work from 9 a.m. to 12 a.m. Monday to Friday. And then maybe you do like in our 16 hours, 10 hours on a weekend. That's not too bad. Cause I'm sleeping at 1 a.m. every single day, no matter what, you know, it's, so it's like, I, I'm not, I'm not losing sleep right now in investment banking. I, I never had a problem with not sleeping on investment banking, except for a few days in which, you know, maybe you get off at 4 a.m. or you have to pull all-nighters for certain pitches or deals. But except for that, sleep wasn't ever really a problem in investment banking. What was actually the biggest issue of just working a job was just the amount of, I guess, grueling and menial tasks that you had to do as an investment banking analyst, which were necessary to get done for the sake of showing to the client. But in reality, no one's looking at it. And I think just the part of just going back and forth, working long hours and doing, you know, these pitch decks, building out these very beautiful, pretty slides that, you know, the client's not even going to look at eventually it starts getting to your head that just like, well, why am I even doing this? If no one's ever going to look at it, you know, it, and what I mean by that is that like, let's say you go talk to a client, right? You have to come up, you have to show up with a pitch deck, but the, when, when you're MD speaking clients, they're, they're not even looking at a pitch deck. A lot of times they're just chatting. They're chatting about life, chatting about an industry. Maybe they flip to like, five slides out of a 30 page pitch deck. But what happened to R25, right? They're not looking at it, but it took you time to build it. And this is what I mean by the work felt very pointless, but it was necessary. Cause even if built the pitch deck, the client won't even talk to you. It's just like, oh, you don't appreciate us as a client. But the fact of the matter is that you have to build it out, but no one's ever looking at it. So a lot of times the work felt very pointless. A lot of things felt like it wasn't, you know, necessary need to get done, but it had to get done for sake of getting done. Um, 
and that part really, I think is the biggest part that drives people to burn out. It isn't the hours. It's the fact that a lot of the work just seems very BS in investment banking. And I think the other part that I really want to touch base on is, and I, I talked to a lot of people that, you know, want to get into investment banking because I was personally like this as well. But just the fact that in investment banking, everyone thinks we're doing some sort of crazy financial model analysis. We're doing these deep dive analyses in these companies, industries, we're getting these valuations and boom, we're going to sell Uber for $50 billion, right? It's not like that. It's not like that. Investment banking is a job. It's a job. You have a manager. You're following procedures. You're doing things in a very procedural way, just like any other job you do. Yes. Do you feel financial models? Yeah, you do. But there's a template. You plug numbers into the template. So a lot of times when people talk about financial model investment banking, I, I like to think of it more just like consulting information and plugging these into a template that works. Um, so the job is actually not as technical as everyone makes it out to be. You do, do you need to know financial concept? 100%, 100% you do. But you're not building these models day in, day out like you are. A lot of time is spent you know, researching, reading research, consulting information, sending out emails, and just managing expectations for your managers about what needs to get done, what doesn't need to get done. And there's, there's a very funny thing about like aligning logos in investment banking, right? Like, yeah, I got this fancy degree with like a very high GPA just to align logos on Sunday night. That's true. You do do that. So it's, uh, but I mean, that, that's not everything to it, but I think that does kind of speak to like, it does have some elements of truth in it. When people say that, it's like, yeah, and you end up just aligning logos a lot of times um, on the job. Okay, so you talked a lot. You talked a lot about you know your experiences in investment banking, and I just want to unpack them one by one. So, yeah. the biggest thing that stood out to me was how you said it's a lot of busy work, and for you and for a lot of people, if you're just doing work just to do it and it's not going to be shown whatsoever, like you talked about, it's like what's <clears> the <throat> point? And I think that's something that a lot of people don't really know about, which I mean, both of us didn't know about before you mm -hmm. explained it, because the perception, as you talked about. It's like financial models, like you're doing crazy things, but then it's really just that. So I want to talk about two things. One, compared to your internship to your actual full-time job, what was different besides, you know, it was like, like, was the work different? Because a lot of college students might be convinced that in an internship, it was really good. And then it becomes really bad. So what was the biggest difference there? And second, how was the expectations and the pressure in investment banking? How was that environment? Because I know you have to work a lot of hours, but on top of that, each hour has to be maximized because you're meeting deadlines. So can you just mm -hmm. talk a little bit about those two aspects? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So I think the biggest part of my internship to my full time, um, I guess like the first thing is just like those different banks. So different people, different managers, um, different sizes of clients we're working with. So at my internship, we're working with mostly mid-sized companies anywhere from like, I'll say 100, 100 million to a billion in revenue on year basis. But as at Wells, we were working on mostly bigger clients. So we're talking about like mostly big public companies, like think about your Broadcoms and, and such of that sort. So it was, it was different sizes of clients we we're working with. But I'll say the biggest difference was just the fact that like the internship was very short-lived, you know, it, it, and I talked about this, it's, it's, it was short-lived. So it didn't feel like it was too much to handle. Well, when you're full-time, you're like, okay, this is my life for next unforeseeable future. You know, I'm going to be doing this day in, day out. And your responsibilities also increase as well. Because as an intern, 
they kind of just give you as much as people blow up the internships and what they're doing interns aren't doing much let me be honest interns aren't doing much they they give you like the side tasks to do because they're not going to trust you with the financial models when you actually do build one right they're not trust you with the important things but as a full-time you're the guy you're the guy that's being trusted with the model you're the guy being trusted with the quality of the pitch deck so as an intern you kind of be put on training wheels so it's, it's a lot less pressure on you but as a full-time you know we're, we're going to talk about pressure right it, there's a lot more pressure on you to make sure that everything is correct. And investment banking, like you said, it's a very intense lifestyle, work style that you're constantly expected to perform at your highest capabilities, which, you know, I think is a great training program, let's be honest. Like you're, you're constantly being told that everything you do has to be done to perfection. So that's great training, but it definitely adds a lot of stress into your life. And this is something that I kind of realized after I left the industry that eventually it really takes a mental toll on you because I'll give you an example, right? Let's say, you know, you, you're working on pitch deck on Monday and it has to be get, get out by Friday of this week. Cause we got to send out the client. So Monday, Tuesday, you're, you're kind of drafting out uh, the pitch deck and then Wednesday and Thursday, that's when the grind session really begins. And you, you can be working on this pitch deck to like 2 AM in the morning or something like that, of that sort. And everything needs to be perfect. You know, you can't miss a single color code. You can't miss a single format. You, you miss the underline, you get chewed up for that. Um, and, the, you know, it depends on the, on the managing director. Like some, some are more, I guess, blunt than others. But in general, my manager was pretty good. Again, it's like I, I, I never got yelled at, to be honest. Um, I know some other friends of mine where you literally got, you know, chewed up by their managers and yelled at over the phone. I personally never had that. But there was still an atmosphere, atmosphere of perfection that all the numbers had to be correct, all the formatting had to be correct, and everything had to be right by the time it got to the MD, or else you look kind of, you know, dumb. And I think this is really silly. The more I think about it now, it's just like, there's always going to be mistakes. There's always mistakes. And in the investment banking, I think the, 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 the funniest part was that a lot of times you just miss a very simple thing. You miss a decimal point on the number. And then you get called out for that. And it, it's, it's such a silly thing to stress out over, but you end up stressing out about it because you realize how simple it was and how just very minor it was. But because it's so minor and you got called out on it, you're like, oh God, like, I, I can't believe I missed that decimal point. So you end up stressing over something very small about that. And I think this, this just create like an environment of culture, just very high stress, you know, fast paced because you're expected to do things at fast paces, but also it has to be perfect. So that things combined together, those things never go together, right? You can't do things fast and expect to be perfect. Let's be honest. Like you can do things fast, expect to be efficient, but perfect perfection takes time. And it was just this constant environment of do things fast, but do it well, do things fast, but do it well. Eventually you get good at it, but it's never perfect. So you always, you always find mistakes. You always find mistakes here and there. And even though it's fine, eventually you just start understanding that like, no, it's just how it works. There's always going to be mistakes. That's where you have your associate, you have people above you that kind of helps you review the pitch deck together. But it, 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 was, it was a pretty stressful environment in which it was always very fast paced and you're always expected to do things um, at, a, at a very like intense like, deadline. So we know that you decided that IB wasn't the best for you. But were any of your peers like, you know, screw it, I'm going to stick with this. It's making me enough money. And I'm just going to deal with this stress-induced pressure. So mm -hmm. were, were people, you know, right. in the same boat as you? And did they drop out too? Or did mm -hmm. they keep going on with that? No, I, I, I think this is actually a very good question. I'm glad you brought it up because 
I think right now I want to talk about the upside of IB. So I, I spent a lot of times with 30 minutes on this podcast talking about all the downsides of it. But right now I want to talk about the upsides. Um, the factor matters that most people stick with investment banking, may not investment bank in particular, but the whole ecosystem as a whole. So yeah, investment banking has all these different downsides, you know, like the hours suck, um, the environment sucks sometimes, it's very intensive, you kind of lose like, you know, years off your life by just doing it. But overall, it's a great career to do, you know, like you can exit into private equity firms, you can exit into hedge funds, you can work in venture capital, or if you want good work-life balance, you just go into a corporate development position at a tech company, you know, they pay you just as well, and you get like great benefits and great work-life balance. And overall, I, I, what I've come to realize is that like everyone needs to decide for themselves what they want to accomplish in life. And if your end goal is to go into the, we call it the, like the buy side, right? Um, which is private equity, hedge fund, and venture capital, because those are like the buyers of assets while investment banks were trying to sell assets to these buyers. Um, if, you, if that's your end goal, investment banking is almost like a necessary evil to get there. And, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because all, all the bad things aside, you do learn a lot in investment banking. You learn a lot about finance. You learn a lot about um, technical skills. You learn a lot about people management, relationship management. But more importantly, you learn a lot about the investing world as a whole. You have a better grasp of how high finance and investing world works all together. So overall, it's, it's a great career to go into. It sucks in the beginning, but as you continue to climb higher up, eventually your life becomes more manageable. You start having better work-life balance and, you know, you start to add more value, right? You start to have more clients. You start to see, I guess, the fruits or your labor of all those like young years of grinding as a junior banker. So it's really up to you that if you want that 10 years from now, right? Are you willing to go through the work? And a lot of my peers were, they, they were willing to go through that because that's what they want. They enjoy the industry. They enjoy the idea of, you know, trading on the market. They enjoy the idea of pitching clients, doing these transactions. It gave them joy, right? They had that like feedback loop that they were having of like, great, I were putting all this hard work, but then we did the transfer to the client. And in 10 years from now, I'll be one speaking to this client, right? So I actually, most of my peers, I was the only one that, out of my class that actually left the industry as a whole. Uh, one, one of my other peers, he went to corporate development at a tech company. Another one went to venture capital. Um, one of them stayed in investment banking. And another one, he's currently recruiting for working at different hedge funds. So out of all my peers, they all stay in the industry. And actually, I chat with them about why they did that. It's because they wanted it. You know, as much as people say they're stuck in it, and it's like some people do feel stuck in it, but I say a lot of people who stay in it, they don't stay in for the money. They have to stay in it because they, they want those type of careers. You know, they want to work at hedge funds. They want to be able to analyze these assets and invest in these companies. So overall, it, it really comes up to what you want for yourself. For me, I, I never found the joy of doing these transactions, even though, even though when I, you know, I worked on a company's IPO, the company went public, they happened. I was just like, eh, cool. All right, what's next? Right? I was never like, that's awesome. I, I can't believe I did that. It was kind of like, damn, man, I want to go try draw shipping, you know, <laughs> and make TikTok videos. Um, so it's, that, that's what I realized, you know, it's, it, it comes down to what you want in your career. And some people, it's investment banking. And that's something you need to decide for yourself is, is what you want. But as of now, most of my peers are still in the industry. So after all is said and done with your investment banking journey, 
I just wanted to ask, it might seem kind of dumb, but was it worth it in terms of, you know, you have to manage those hours, but you also have, everyone's a human at the end of the day. You have to manage, you know, your social life, like doing other things, maybe side hustles and those things. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming since you left investment banking, it probably, you felt that it wasn't worth it, but what were those aspects life that made you feel, why did I do this? Or what was the end goal of that? Yeah, no, I, that's a great question as well. And honestly, like, you know, contrary to the content I make and, you know, everything I've been saying, I was saying about investment banking, I think it comes back to like all the good things that I have to say about the industry as well is I actually thought my time on the investment banking was pretty good. And I, I have no regrets doing it. I think it was fully worth it. And I think a lot of it just comes down to number one, it was interest I want to do. And I'm a person that goes like, look, man, if you want to go try something and go do something, you might as well go try it. Cross out your bucket list because you never know what you enjoy until you try it. And if you did enjoy it, then you know for a fact that you crossed it off, right? And for me, I want to cross off like work in finance and work in investment banking. And that's not even to say that I'll never return to industry. Like, to be honest, like maybe one day I'll make my way back into investment banking because I didn't like working in there at this point in my life, but maybe by the time 30, 35, you know, I'll appreciate that right pay and financial stability and just having that, you know, ability to interact clients and sell them on like different investment strategies. But overall, like I, I don't regret doing investment banking at all because I feel like it made me who I am. It made me decide what I didn't want to do and what I did want to do. So it kind of like helped pave, I guess, the way to my current career. And on top of that, it, I was able to also able to learn a lot from the job about myself, you know, about myself and about how to work, how to learn, you know, like one thing I talk, talk about investment banking that you get out of it is, isn't, you don't learn about finance. I mean, you learn about finance, but I think the greatest learning opportunity you get from investment banking isn't like the financial technicals and expertise you get from it. It's really the personal development you get out of it, right? You learn how to work in very high stressful environments. You learn how to work with people and manage people that are highly stressed out in highly stressed environments. And you learn how to learn things very quickly. Because um, investment banking, you're, you're a lot of times you're thrown to a position in which you have to learn about a company and corporations very, in a very fast, I set amount of time. In like a week, yet you're talking to companies. So you're like, shoot, I need to know everything about this company, their financials and the industry in like a week. Uh, you're not speaking for your managers, right? So you have to build the pitch deck for her. And just this process of constantly like learning about new things on a week to week basis, it's very stressful, but you start be beginning to gain these mental models and these mental maps in your brain of how to pick up information. So I think investment banking has taught me just how to learn things in, in a very fast paces. And, you know, just networking to get into investment banking taught me how to network, taught me how to talk to people, taught me how to sell myself, and their job taught me how to learn and how to manage people. And these are skills that are kind of interchangeable and transferable to anything you do in life. Anything in life, you, you want to learn it, you have to learn it. <laughs> you know, that's as dumb as it sounds. You have to learn the process of doing a certain set of skill, like draw shipping. I need to learn how to do draw shipping. All right, where did I begin? Well, I'm going to start reading up about it, right? I'm going to start understanding how this ecosystem works. So it, these are skills that I, I'm glad that I was able to pick up for investment banking. Granted, Am I saying that if I didn't do investment banking, I wouldn't have these skills? No, not at all. But it did help hone these skills in. And it is a career that I'm grateful that I've done because number one, it kind of looks nice on my resume as well if I ever <laughs> return to the corporate world. So that's definitely a plus to it. 
and number two, you know, it, it really gives me like these, like, I guess, intangible skills that I'm able to apply to other aspects of my life right now. So obviously after you finished up with your investment, investment banking stint,